This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 249. I'm so excited about today's show. I'm talking to artist Bonnie Snowden. Now, Bonnie and I recorded this podcast some time ago. It was uh, weeks and weeks ago. Here's the point. It was before the global pandemic. It was before it was declared a global pandemic by the World Health Organization. I guess the only reason I'm bringing that up is because there were some spontaneous and organic conversations that she and I had regarding teaching and teaching in person and in workshops and online. Now, I know that she has since pivoted just a little bit and has started doing a few more things online because of that. She and I have had some subsequent email conversations. Just wanted you to be aware of that. Also, I've got a new advertiser for the podcast, Fruit of the Bean. And so I'll talk more about them a little while later. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hello, my name is John Middick of sharpenedartist.com, and this is the Colored Pencil Podcast. I'm joined today by Bonnie Snowden of Rippon, right? Is that right? Rippon? Where do you yeah. live? Rippon. Rippon? Rippon? Okay. That's what, <laughs> yeah. right. Make sure uh-huh. I got that right. right. Okay. <laughs> I've been wanting to have her on for a long time. If, if you're not familiar with Bonnie's work, go to the show notes, and we'll have a link to uh, her website over there. But she mostly does pets and equine art. Probably draw anything, though, I'm guessing. But mostly you're doing pets. Is that right, Bonnie? Yeah. Yeah. I think my commission stuff is um, is predominantly pets and horses. Um, but I've started to draw a little bit more wildlife, um, you know, sort okay. of African wildlife, British wildlife, that type of anything. I'll draw anything, really. <laughs> like most well, of us. I'll draw anything. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate that. Oh, no. Well, thank you for inviting me. All right. So we'll go ahead and get started here. Um, tell me, so you haven't been drawing all that long. And I think this might be interesting to those of you listening today who are um, drawing in adult coloring books. Um, actually, Bonnie had her start by way of uh, adult coloring books and uh, using those as a, a meditative practice. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yes, that's, that's right. Yeah. So when I, um, well, it was the beginning of 2016. Okay. And uh, I'd actually asked for a coloring book and colored pencils for my Christmas present um, just because I'd heard of sort of like coloring for mindfulness. And it was just a way of, I guess, sort of relaxing. I got quite a tough job and it was just quite, you know, that's all I wanted to do. And I, oh my goodness, I absolutely fell in love with colored pencils. <laughs> um, my daughter bought using? me some, well, she yeah. bought me a, a pack of 12 WH Smith colored pencils. And, and anybody, anybody who knows anything about colored pencils knows that um, they're not the best. Um, I don't think I'm familiar with those. WH Smith is um, sort of like a stationery shop in, oh, the, in okay. the UK. Okay. And, oh, you know, okay. they're, they're absolutely fine, but nothing okay. like the colored pencils we use. Sure. Um, and um, anyway, it, I, I spent my Christmas money on a, I think it was 120 or 80, um, the, the Caran d'Ache Prismalo pencils. Uh-huh. Um, and I use those in my coloring books. And, oh, my goodness. I absolutely love them. So I just colored. I just did coloring in, um, you know, two, three hours a night just to 
uh, you know as a as a meditative um, yeah. sort of you know and um yeah absolutely loved them didn't want to do any drawing or anything like that just wanted to color um and uh yeah what, and what then did you somebody... love about it i mean was it the meditative aspect of it or was it well, i mean were you exploring color yeah well no actually it wasn't so no. much exploring color it was more almost trying to get and this is uh, I, I suppose which is why i've come to where i am now but it's um it was more about you've got a, uh, you've got line drawing in your book and you color it in um yeah. and most people would just color it in um and i was more interested in trying to make the line drawing look as real as possible so i was i was kind of looking at shading i was looking at um you know how the pencils interacted with each other blending that type of stuff rather than just sort of coloring in the the shapes um and i guess i kind of really got a good feel for the pencils as i was doing those those coloring books um you know so that my my coloring actually they looked like they, well, they, they, you know, they look lovely. Um, and and people really, you know, they loved, they commented on them and everything on my Facebook. So I posted them on my Facebook. And that's where I got my first commission from because someone said, oh, will you draw my dog? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't draw. I just color. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm, don't, I'm not interested in drawing. I just want to color. Um, so they saw the coloring know. book page and they just got all excited. Like, wow, maybe she can draw. Yeah. My dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. Did you, did you, uh, yeah, so you just rejected that one? I rejected it, but and then, but then she kept on pestering me, so I drew it. Um, but I didn't draw it in color, bizarrely, because I just felt that I was terrified. I was too terrified of drawing an, a, an actual animal in color. Yeah. So did I just did it. Graphite, in, or? graphite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I'd drawn, I'd drawn as a, as a, as a child at school. So oh. it wasn't as if, you know, I was completely new to drawing. I, I am. I guess I was very, you know, quite artistic when I was younger. But I hadn't but drawn. This was a, too, yeah. How long had it been? Yeah. Well, it would have been two. Uh, no, it would have been 1987 when I when I was the last time that I did anything remotely to do with drawing. So fast so forward about 25 years or so, and all of a yeah. sudden, yeah, your your uh, introduction was adult coloring books, and yeah. then um, this request from out of nowhere, practically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and so after you drew that commission, what what happened? Oh, well, I put it I put it on my Facebook page, and the the person who I drew it for was over the moon with it. I mean, it was you know, it was okay, it was it was all right, it was an all right drawing, <laughs> and then um and then I just got people saying, can you draw mine? Can you draw mine? I was like, yeah, you know, yes, well, of course, well, <laughs> and and I actually got to that point. I was like, oh, actually, I quite like doing this. I quite like yeah. drawing my own subjects. So um yeah, so that's when I started, and I I became brave, and I and I started to do them in color, and that's when I started to really um understand um you know how the how the pencils worked. Um, and you, you were know, using I, I, the Karen Dosh. Which which pencils were they? The, the, so the Prismalo. So I um I think they still do them. So they're the water soluble ones. Oh okay, that's right. Um, you know, and I did do a few where where it had where I'd done sort of like sketchy things and put water in them and everything, but um, but mostly were, they were just they were just dry. What um, paper were you, you know, using back then? It was a black, just a black paper. I just like to draw on black. Yeah, oh, I don't know what okay. sort of paper it was. Um, just just normal cartridge paper, black paper. Um, were you using water with the uh, Prismalos? Uh, on occasion but it was just sort of like a, a little bit every now and again but mostly they were just dry it was just dry i used them the as pencils, dry pencils themselves yeah yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's easy to build um, up enough layers on the black back then? Well, uh, I mean, I knew nothing about pencils then at all. It okay. was only what I'd kind of discovered myself. And what's what's bizarre, so looking at what I'm doing now and where I was sort of like mid-2016, obviously I knew about YouTube, but I had no idea that you could type in how to use colored pencils in YouTube. And I didn't even... I didn't even try it. <laughs> so yeah. everything that I did was sort of just me Experience. having a go and seeing and what it, yeah, organic, exactly. Huh? exactly. And it was only sort of, I'd say probably the back end of 2016 that I started to discover other artists on Facebook. So then I discovered that, Oh my goodness, you could join a group for color pencil artists, you know, beginners, right. artists, or whatever, right. anything like that. And joining those groups was fantastic because then you had the opportunity to ask questions, um, you know, all of that type of stuff. And you could, you could start to really, um, see what other people were doing and, yeah. um, you know, get, get all sorts of different techniques and everything that I hadn't, you know, I'd never realized that 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 was there, which is is crazy because I'm quite a techie person. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was sort of doing it a little bit blind, probably for a few months, um, you know, up until I realized that all of this information was available, which was fantastic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So when you started taking the commissions and I guess you just kept doing that for quite some time. Right. And was that. Uh, was it mostly because that was rewarding to do that and to help someone to memorialize their pet? Uh, or was it like I'm exploring what I love to do? I love to draw. And you rekindled that from when you were a child, I guess. Uh, or was it a mix of both? Um, yeah, I mean, no. They started I think, taking a long yeah. time, right? So it was a dedication yeah. to time. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, and you know, um, I did have quite a, I mean, you know, by the time, probably sort of through September, October time, I ended up having, you know, quite a long list of people who were wanting commissions. Um, and I think the reason that I, I mean, I like to help people. Yeah. But also it was sort of like a source of imagery that I didn't, I'm a really lazy person. <laughs> I'm so lazy. <laughs> um, and just having a source of imagery coming through yeah. and people people wanting me to do it. Right. That right. was that was almost that was enough for me, you know, and okay. I really, really enjoyed I enjoyed the drawing process. I enjoyed right. the interaction with whoever it was that I was talking to. And I really enjoyed the um I guess the reaction at the end when you yeah. hand the portrait over oh, um yeah. you know that's that's I, yeah i really are you mailing most of these a, though to people i mean yeah or like, a lot you know, of them to begin with were very were local local okay so there'd be people who who i could actually drive to their house or they could come to me or you know sure. whatever um and and that i found i found really rewarding yeah the, the money side of things i found and i think that's something that a lot of artists find difficult the money side of things is tricky yeah you know i wanted to do everything for nothing it's like, right. oh, you don't want to pay me? No, I'm just going to, I love doing it. I'm just going to do it for so you. you. And so you weren't, you weren't charging very much. Uh, no, I was charging about 40 pounds, I think. Okay. Uh, and even that, I was a little bit, oh, no, don't feel comfortable charging you that. Um, but, you know, people insisted. So, you know, that yeah. was, that was fine. Um, you know, so those, the, the first sort of few months, it was pretty much, 
yeah you know working on commission after commission after commission it it did come quite quickly i guess um you know which was fantastic yeah yeah did so did the thought occur to you like i think i'd like to do this full time i mean you weren't charging much though so what so no well so what happened was i was working for a um i was actually working for an art gallery at that time um i was a uh yes i was an art consultant um, what year was that art gallery that was 2016 okay so i worked from them from sort of july august to the christmas okay um and i Ah. i really loved it i really loved it we're working with some amazing artists um and meeting people so you the people would walk into the gallery you get talking to people you know obviously we're trying to sell art but you know you got talking to people um you know it was just it was just really it was brilliant and i sold quite a few you know big original pieces and that i think that was that was from a love of me just talking to people and engaging and and you know um you know building relationships with people um were so, you also building a relationship with uh, some artists? I mean, did you start to get to know some of the artists? Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, we didn't really. We had we had the uh, you know you had the artists who would come and they do sort of like a big a big show or yeah. uh, you know um, uh, and you'd get to meet them and that was really nice. But it wasn't so much that you would you were dealing with the artists on a regular basis because there was right. kind of another tier of people who did that. It right. was more about building the relationship with um, with your clients and your customers. Okay. So you'd have somebody who came in and you know said that they were looking for this certain certain piece to go on their wall. I'm trying to tie the timeline together here with. Uh, I mean, why? Why did you? Why were you working at an art gallery? I mean, you were you were a coach, right? And I know you yeah. were a typesetter yeah. sometime before that. You've got yeah. a, a degree in yeah. what is it, business and technology? Um, so you you worked you worked as a typesetter for a long time and and did some graphic art yeah. design a little bit, and then I, I'm trying to marry up this um, this job in the art gallery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so i worked as so i was a, a typesetter and a, and a graphic designer right. up until around about sort of t- uh, 2005 from okay. 1987 okay um and then moved into business into management so um you know okay so that was the bulk of your career that was um, yeah was yeah. was in management and then coaching that's right okay um got into coaching in sort of like two ooh, well, I actually went to work for a coaching company in 2014 okay. and worked with them up until 2016. Um, and the reason I left was because I was I was they were wanting me to work more overseas. Okay. And my children were um, starting to do their GCSEs and A-levels and all that type of stuff. And it it wasn't feasible, really, for me to be working out there. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, and that was that was the job. So sadly, that are your that, kids teenagers now, or what? Are yeah, they... so I have my youngest is fifteen, um, okay. and my well, so my youngest son is fifteen, my daughter's nineteen, and my eldest son is twenty. Okay, gotcha. All right, so very yeah. very cool. Okay, um, so yeah, so, so late? I left, oh. left there and then worked at the um, got this job at the uh, a local art gallery. Yeah. 
Did you enjoy that? I mean, that, that had to be. No, I really did. Fun. I really yeah. did. I mean, the yeah. only, well, it was probably around September, October 2016 that um, my, my, actually, my older sister said to me, why don't you go full time as an artist? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not sure I could do that. And she was like, you really could. You really could. You've got the support of your family. You know, what, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you know, if it and, succeed, you can just go and get another job. Right, right, and and you were—I mean, you drew really well uh, when you were younger, right? And and yeah. you knew that then, and you've rekindled it. You started doing commissions, so it wasn't yeah. that big of a leap, right? Well, no, I mean, I think something like that, leaving a full-time job that's reasonably well paid. Jobs are then, cushy, cushy, and yeah. jobs have a steady paycheck exactly. and benefits. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. No, and <laughs> there are some key differences. to take that leap of faith into you know being an artist um was sort of but i've got i've got a i've got this a bit of a laissez-faire attitude (laughs) to (laughs) everything that i do i mean i am quite ordered in a chaotic chaotic sort of way but yeah um my 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 kind of thoughts on things is it'll be fine yeah it'll be fine and if it's not fine I'll do something else. Yeah, be yeah. Fine. <laughs> you can you can yeah. do something else. I mean, exactly. yeah, I think I think that's I think that's part of the problem sometimes is we feel like um that something is forever and it's not. It's like no. this can be temporary. This can be an interest that I follow for a while. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of great things that can uh just organically occur. When we allow for that, you know, we, we don't yeah. have to have everything just so uh, nailed out, nailed down and planned out. No, no, right. definitely not. And I'm I mean, I am a big I am a big planner, but right. I'm a planner more in a way of sort of having an idea of what I want to be doing. Oh, because sure. I just right. I just feel that if I've got a, if I've got a goal. Mm-hmm. then i i can subconsciously work towards that yeah and I, I i also think that you know if you have a goal your subconscious works on its own right and seeks out opportunities if oh, you don't yeah. have a goal those opportunities don't don't arise and that's something that you know oh, yeah. i've i've always i've always kind of worked towards i'm i'm, I'm always open very open minded very open to opportunities yeah um you know I always think about that too. I mean, it's uh, even writing down goals. I mean, it's been proven that that really makes a huge difference. It tells your unconscious mind, you know, your subconscious that I, this is what I'm driving towards. And that's one of the reasons why I like to use that full focus planner. It's all handwritten that I use that with uh, Google calendar, but I think you're right. I mean, it's like if you, if you do have something that you're aiming towards, um, then, you, you know, it can be a circuitous path to get there, but at least you have that end result in mind. Yeah, so, definitely. Okay, so let's yeah. let's fast forward then in 2017, yeah. what, what was happening yeah. then? So 2017, 1st of January 2017, I became a full-time artist. Ah, okay. Yeah. That was, um, uh, I was had, that many months I think, later then after your sister spoke to you about that? No. No, yeah. so I handed my notice in and just said, "Right, I'm going to go full time." <laughs> okay, so and was that's that, what I did. I mean, were you were you thinking, okay, I've got this worked out at least a little bit, where I know uh, sort of the predictable income based on the amount of commissions I've been taking, yeah. 
that kind of yes. thing? Yes. Okay. Yes, I think, and because I'd worked in in the business sector, and because yeah. I'd managed quite a large studio, I was right. used to forecasting and budgeting. Right. So I created myself an eighteen month forecast. Right. I mean, not you know, it wasn't particularly brilliant, but it was you know, it included you know my outgoings. It included right. you know what I was planning on doing, um, when I was planning on doing it, and how I was planning on doing it. Well, you kind of um, have know, to so, do that. You kind of have to, yeah. um, you know, forecasting is yeah. a big thing. I mean, you do have to um, figure those things out. I mean, you can't just wing it on a hope and a prayer that no. something is going to work out. Um, and, you know, I I, I get uh, students often that will ask things about, you know, going full time as an artist. And um, that's one of the things I talk to them about is. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of figure out the finances uh, part of it first. Yeah. You can't just sort yeah. of hope it's gonna and work I, out. I do, I do think that's a quite a scary thing. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. so for somebody for somebody like me who's worked in that business sector before, who has managed a studio, who's done all of that that kind of stuff, and right. and the marketing side of stuff as well, that actually yeah. it, for me was the e was the easy bit. I know that sounds uh, a right. bit. But that was sort of like the easy bit because I'd done it before. I knew kind of what I was supposed to be doing. But someone who hasn't worked in that sector, who doesn't really know how to forecast or anything mm-hmm. like that, that can then be really quite terrifying. Oh, right. Um, right. You know, so it's um, it's it, it's trying to put all of those things together. Um, There's so much more know, involved than what uh, we often think about when when we're on the other side of it, when we're not – a full-time artist. Um, yeah. it, it's easy to look over the fence and to say, that must be easy. That must be simple, you know, uh, and, and I've heard, uh, you know, sentiments like that, that are so much, you know, in so many words, that's what they're saying. Yes. It's like, you have no idea. <laughs> it would no, be so no. much easier, especially when I first started out as a full-time artist, it would have been so much easier had I taken another cushy, cushy, IT oh, job. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and and there's so know, many skill sets, so many hats you have to wear. Oh, the the there really are. And yeah. you know, and, and and I think I was I'm loath to say lucky because I don't really believe in luck. I think we all make right. our own luck. But I, I guess I was lucky in having the um in having the experience within sort of marketing, right. all of that type of stuff. So and and having I guess a bit of a strategic mind as well. So things sort of come naturally to me. Um, You know, so when I'm building like my social media pages, that type of thing, they, it comes naturally to me. So I don't have to think about, how to do something or i don't have to research how to do something it's just it's almost like you an instinctive, know. yeah you know yeah. you know and it's about engaging with people engaging with people it is. is so important it, um right. you know so what i think that gave me a definitely gave me a head start and that then combined with my art and i guess with my coaching side of stuff has given me a, right. just a really nice well-rounded um basis really for my business yeah what and that that's that's really great, and I, and I can see that. I can see how you would connect those dots and say, okay, I, I understand marketing. I understand business, um, and, and coaching uh, helps you with the relatable side of things and being able to help other artists. I think that's one thing that's uh, often missing with artists that want to do this full-time 
they'll they'll bark up the wrong tree for a while. You know, they'll try. I, I I'm looking for this big break. I'm going to get in this gallery, and it'll be a big break. Uh, yeah. Or I'm going to go over yeah. here, and this will be a big break. I'm going to go do this thing, or I'm going to open this, or do that. Yeah. And instead of thinking of this as uh, a, a whole system that you're consistent at and that you're working towards. And I, I know you do some uh, mentoring. What would you, so what would you say to uh, an artist that maybe they don't have that background and especially in marketing and um, you know coaching, what, what would you, how do you advise that artist that doesn't even know how yeah. to talk about what it is they do, how to, yeah. how to help them market? So, so what happens is somebody who has no idea and they they don't know how to market yeah. or anything like that yeah. generally tends to be absolutely terrified of the marketing side of right. stuff, right? And so just doesn't do it at all, or they feel guilty Whatever. about it, like asking well, yeah. for money for their art. Well, know? exactly, and oh, I feel really, feel really awful about putting myself yeah. out there and all of that type of thing. Right. And I think what a lot of people are terrified of is that they think marketing is this really scary word that's only done by professional people or people or who know exactly bad. what they're doing. Or that there's something evil about it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's oh, well, I oh, it's selling. It's you know. <laughs> so what I try here. Yeah. So what it's I try to say of a to business people, though. Exactly. And, you know, if you don't mark and the word market, I think is really off putting. Mm -hmm. um, right. So I say I say to them, it's not marketing. Yeah. It's just you. That's yeah, all it is. Right. It's you. Right. All you have to do is talk about you. Right. And that's it. That's, that's what, what they're marketing is themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But then but then they feel a little bit awkward about, you know, putting themselves forward. Um, so I talk about finding their own voice. So yeah. and it all comes down. A lot of it comes down to values. So what do you what values are most important to you? Because that is that's what really you good. will find most easiest to talk about. If, if, for example, you know, um, you try and be something you're not. Right. So if you try and market yourself, so if I try to market myself as this, um, <laughs> I don't know, if it, because I'm not young and I'm not glamorous, but if I tried to market <laughs> myself, for example, as young and glamorous, um, I would be exhausted because it's not me. I'd find it very it difficult. It would be an uphill to be battle to do something that is not authentically <laughs> yourself. Exactly. You know? um, exactly. So, I, yeah, exactly and I it. get that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It, it's this other thing I think that that, uh, and I think you're hitting on this. It, we we're uncomfortable talking about ourselves, or I am. I, I don't like to toot my own horn. Where it's easier to talk about someone else and and i have to remind myself of that if i'm talking about something that i'm doing i have to think okay th pretend like you're talking about a friend of yours yeah. and build yeah. them up you know yeah and, and that seems to help some people i think but i think you're right it's just it's a it's an awkward thing because we have built up this there's a stigma around uh marketing in general um but it's the only way that you know, figuring well, that out. Is it the is. And it's the, exactly, exactly. And I think, I think a lot of people think marketing is, um, I've just got my daughter to come and get the dogs. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're fighting behind me. So she's just going to take the dogs out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> you can keep that in if you want. That's no, fine. that's fine. We're going to keep it in. This, this <laughs> get it out. 
Oh, they're such naughty dogs. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think that a lot of people think marketing is selling. Right. So when they create a marketing post, it will be they'll have prices in there, yeah. they'll have a few commissions, and it will all be around selling. Right. And the one thing that people hate is to be sold to. Exactly. And those posts will be ignored. And then people right. are like, well, I'm, I'm marketing. I'm doing my best at marketing and, I, and I'm just not getting any results. And it's because <laughs> people want to be to be given something, not have something taken away from them. Exactly. Right. Now, that's that's very good advice. It's a, it's, it's a value exchange. Yeah. And I think if, if people would replace some of that, um, that language and that dialogue even in their head – uh, that I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sell this. I'm trying to exchange value. Uh, then I think it, it becomes a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love that. We could probably talk all day about how oh, to help yeah. people with, uh, <laughs> with, with marketing and how to, yeah. how to talk about themselves. I think in some ways it's even easier if for artists, if they start realizing that, there aren't any tactics. There aren't any books, really, that you can read because, I mean, there's there's some things you could learn, but you're you're just talking about yourself because yeah. you can't game any system. You can't do anything like that. You have to authentically be yourself and talk about who you are. And exactly. That's what. Because works. if you're fake, if you're well, right. not fake, but if you try to be something you're not, you will yeah. get called out on it. Yeah, the pretentious stuff um, repels people. Even yeah. if it's not pretentious, but they perceive that it is, then it can still repel people. Yeah. So and yeah. it, it's a tough yeah. thing. But the more that you share about your, your work, your process, the reasons why, uh, the better it will resonate yeah. with your core audience Definitely. and your clients. Yeah. Okay. We could probably talk uh, for we could. days on that. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Let's move along. Uh, so... Um, I want to talk about your art. So, to, so yep. you were working on cartridge paper, mostly black. What, so, yeah. what did you switch to? And I want to talk about materials that you started exploring and switching to. And did you yeah. ever stray from colored pencil, or has it been just only colored pencil? No. So, well, yes, I did. I um, so um, I guess when I discovered the Facebook groups, that was when I started to learn about paper types okay. um and because i come from color pencil uh, or, or coloring books they were very smooth surfaces so i always yeah. felt that i wanted to use a smooth surface okay. um and joining the colored pencil groups i then started to see people using other surfaces so i i moved on to stonehenge so i started okay. to buy the stonehenge paper and use that quite a bit but then i found that it was my my pencil work would kind of almost disappear overnight yeah yeah it <laughs> you know, can. just yeah. soaking soaking in yeah. um and that's when i discovered pastel mat um so and then with the pastel mat i started to use pastels for a while as well um which i did a few of my commissions in pastels but pastels make me cough and they make me lose <laughs> yeah. my voice yeah <laughs> um dust is not i mean i'm not asthmatic or anything but dust is a massive factor with me and i i, I really suffer with it yeah. um so yeah, there's um, certainly a lot of dust with yeah it. yeah and you're not even so you stopped. weren't even using um sanded paper right you were using pastel mat but there's still oh, dust pastel. Yeah. yeah 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 with the, with dust. the pastels 
you know. Yeah. Um, so then I found Pastel Matt, and then I discovered, um, I think it was Ka- uh, Karen Holt with uh, Drafting Film. Oh, okay. Do you use Drafting so then Film I've also, a lot now? Yeah, I do, yeah. That's, yeah. So is that your primary uh, choice now? Uh, uh, Pastel Matt and Drafting Film are Both my pet, my surfaces of choice, yeah, which is bizarre because Yeah, that seems so- like an odd couple, uh, an odd pair there. Yeah, yeah, but but I find that my techniques, I can use very similar techniques on both those surfaces. I do not get on with smooth paper. Okay. I can make a credible attempt at drawing something, but nothing like, I mean, I see some people who use like the Bristol Smooth, Bristol Vellum. I could never, ever get that, the level of brilliance that they get. Can you pick a favorite out of your two kids? I mean, (laughs) drafting film and pastel mat, which do you (laughs) like the best? (laughs) Well... So when I'm using, okay, so if I've been using pastel mat for quite a while, <laughs> then you need a break. And then <laughs> I move on to, and then I move on drafting. to the drafting film. Yeah. I I liken it to going on holiday and sitting on a beach <laughs> and drinking a cocktail. It's like, oh my god, this is amazing. I don't oh, have to funny. put loads of layers down. It's fantastic. But are then you, when I've been are using you drawing drafting, on both sides. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes not. It depends what I'm what I'm trying to achieve. Um, I mean, I've 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 discovered um, the neo pastels, the the oil pastels on yeah. drafting film to create backgrounds, which is amazing, and and that's given me a new kind of lease of life, and I want to create backgrounds. But um, yeah, so I, I've just really been using those two papers um, on the drafting film. Can I ask you what? Um what is the the exact surface that you're using what's the brand and all of that the brand is it's graphics um and it's the 0.005 double matte drafting film but okay. i've also used the graphics duralar which is more of a student grade it's a bit smoother but is really good if you're using any heat products okay right so i've got I've got an Icarus board, um, and before I got the Icarus board, I was using a hairdryer. <laughs> yeah, so you're just let you're just uh, letting that kind of slide around whenever yeah. you're heating that up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so are are your works a little more loose? When I mean, they're very very tight. Um, yeah. Are they looser is, on the, yeah. so the drafting what, film? This no, no, they're yeah. not. They're, they're uh. um, but the backgrounds. I'm starting to get more into okay. the back which have already they've always terrified me in the past um but i'm really starting to get into those and i'm becoming a lot more freer with my backgrounds but actually when you see me drawing if you see me drawing live or if you see me drawing starting a a drawing and i'm critting the first layers yeah i'm very loose i am very loose and i'm very sketchy okay and then you're just tightening up over over as as the layers build I noticed that you don't use a very uh, just a few of the YouTube videos I looked at. Your pencils are not very sharp; <laughs> they're kind of <laughs> dull. Um, well, on pastel mat, I, I don't think yeah. I saw anything on uh, drafting film. I I may ha- I don't think I did. Um, well, yeah. so, so that's that's down to a couple of things. Okay. Um, the first is my utter laziness. <laughs> Uh, because you know i'll drop a pencil on the floor it'll break i'll pick it up and i've just honestly i'm so lazy so that's that's one of the things and the other thing as well is that i find um if you if you're using pastel mat if you continually sharpen your pencils you end up with a pencil that's this big 
but if you use it blunt you can still get the same amount of detail on in the first few layers probably more because you've got a larger area to draw with your pencil lead the you know the core is wider and i found with the drafting film you would have thought with a really slick surface you'd be able to get fantastic smooth textures but it's really hard to get smooth textures it so is. i find if yeah, yeah you get so that I gradation a, in value yeah. too oh my god it's, it's so hard it's hard Hard. so i find with the pencil where you've kind of got a, a really nice smooth tip yeah um you can get a wider stroke and you can get wider strokes next to each other which then gives you a better um smoother more consistent surface oh okay, drafting so drafting drafting. Film. Yeah, yeah 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 so, so the only so, yeah, time a I dull use pencil them. i understand works pretty yeah. well on yeah. drafting film but but let's go back to um pastel mat then for a moment uh so with with that i mean I, I know what you're saying about you're you're able to get just as much detail or as much coverage yeah. uh, really initially. And then going on top of that, it it is one of those interesting uh, properties of that surface where you can keep going and increase detail and saturate the paper yeah. over time. Mm. But when when you're getting down to like some of the tiny details towards the end, it, I mean – you're using a sharper pencil then, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Have, so right? I will. Okay. So when if I'm drawing, You're starting eyes, out with dull pencil, yeah, getting sharper. Okay. Yeah. So when I, if I'm drawing, so I always start with the eyes, and if I'm drawing eyes, then yeah. I'm going to be using a, a relatively sharp pencil, right? Right. You know, because otherwise, it's like drawing with a poker, you know. So you, yeah. you need to, <laughs> you need to have, right. you know. Um, but the, the other thing with pastel mat, you know, yes, you can get hundreds and hundreds of layers in there, but right. what? What I've sort of there been is working, a limit, though, it seems like. yeah, yeah. But I, what I try to do is I try to use my pencils in a way that mm. I don't have to put loads of layers down. Mm-hmm. So if I want to just use one layer, or if I want to use mm-hmm. forty layers, mm-hmm. or if I use five layers, um, then I can do that. And you what I found pressure? is that n- no, and I've and Tracking. that's one of the things yeah. that people find with the pastel mat. They put their first initial layer down, and it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. Looks horrible. Mm-hmm. So they increase their pressure. Mm-hmm. They more pressure, it'll fill the tooth in, and it looks even worse. So what you have to do is you have to find those pencils that are able to smooth out those layers. So I have certain magic pencils that I use all of the time to just help smooth out. Um, you know, so like a Polychromos Warm Grey Two. Amazing for just smoothing out. Oh yeah, there's um, something about oh, just the, oh the polychromos pencils, the oil base pencils that does. I mean, if, if you use a wax base first, and then you kind of you're calling it smooth out. I, I call it brushing it. You go over it with a polychromos pencil. Yeah, there's something about yeah. that that is. Yeah, and there are certain colors, certain pigments that yeah. are that are better for doing that. So mm-hmm. I've kind of. You know, you, you get to know your pencils, don't you? And oh, yeah. you have your own set of, um, you know, your favorite colors. I particularly right. like the Derwent um, Studios. Oh, I, do you? I love Derwent those pencils. Studio pencils. Oh, my God, I love those pencils, ah, yeah. Okay. Are they light fast? <laughs> I, I don't know that I really yeah, use yeah, those too well, much. Some of them are, some of them aren't. The ones okay. that I use are light yeah, fast. I yeah. don't tend to use the ones that have got the poor um, light fast ratings, right, but the ones right. I use are. And they've got some really, really good brown tone, you know, natural tones. Oh, yeah, yeah. You With know. pets, I'm sure that's very important. Yeah. yeah. But they're a very, um, they're a very hard pencil. They're wax, but they're okay. very hard and very subtle. Right. So 
you know, you can go in with your polychromos, you can put your polychromos down and it's like you're almost flooded with pigment with, with a studio. Yeah. You can actually, you can actually press a little harder. You can use a little bit harder pressure uh -huh. and still get a very subtle coloring. And I, I really like those pens because my, a lot of my work is about subtlety and softness. So they kind of suit me really well, but mixed in with the other brands. That's fascinating. Now I've, I've also, um, encountered this this um i wouldn't call it an issue but i i've noticed that some students some of my students are turned off by uh sort of this graininess that you have with pastel it doesn't yeah. bother me i'm never on you know i'm not looking at my work like this when yeah. it's hanging on a wall it doesn't yeah. bother me but i know how to get rid of it but i mean is that something that I don't think that uh, anyone that purchases a commission piece is going to be bothered by that, but it seems to bother artists themselves. Is that something that you don't like, or does it bother you? No, no, not really. And and uh, I kind of know when I start you know a piece. About, right? that, yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. And I know that when I start a piece, it looks grainy, but I know that there are certain things that I will do throughout the process that will make it smoother. Get rid so, of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always have, um, I always set myself expectations. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. always know it's going to look horrible <laughs> for, a, for a while. I yeah. always know it's going to look horrible. And I always set my students expectations when I, right. when I create a video, it's like, right, know that this is going to look awful for the first couple of hours. But once you've hit that point and you've you've gone over it and it's all starting to work, it's going to look right. amazing. Oh, so I yeah. think you have to have expectations. Yeah, and stay um, focused you know, on the technique and yeah. the process. Yeah. But the um, the graininess, no, no, it doesn't bother me. And and I think that's because I've got techniques that I use that can kind of counteract that graininess. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and even I mean, even if I see some graininess in someone's work, it, it never really bothers me. I know, no. I know it does some. No. What, so do you use solvent or are you using the pencils? Okay. And what about Just erasing the, methods? So no well, solvent. So no, well, I have used solvents in the past. I used, um, the Zestit. Okay. Yeah. And then I uh, realized that actually they bring on the most horrific migraines. I'm not an ill person. Oh. I'm, I'm never ill, but yeah. smell has a big effect <laughs> On yeah, me. yeah, and yeah. I, so I don't use I don't use mineral mineral spirits or anything like right. that solvents at all. So I just use my pencils. Um, what about water? And I've Good. used I've used watercolor underpaintings before, and I've also got some of the Caran d'Ache Neo color, the two yeah. Neo color two water soluble okay. ones, which I'm I'm doing a little bit of experimenting oh, okay. with. So yes, uh, you know, and, and I think there's some fantastic techniques out there. Right. Um, you know, that will help people create underpaintings and all of that type of stuff. Right. But um, my techniques tend to be around just pure dry pencil. Using uh, the pencils just, themselves. Yeah, yeah, just because that's, you know. Um, and then did you say erasing? Yeah, yeah, I was curious yeah. about that. So that's a big part of my technique. Uh huh. Um, not because I go wrong all of the time, I have to rub it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's part of the drawing but, process. Um, so. Yeah. It yeah. is. So I, I'm very much into it seems to me that that my I naturally move towards the subtraction technique. OK, so yeah. if I'm working on pastel map, um, I tend to and this is pe people go just like she's putting it in and then she's taking it out and then she's putting it in and taking it out. I tend to put <laughs> right. pigment in and then I take it back out again and then put yeah. it in again and take it out again. But it's, it's all for me. The taking out is actually adding to the layers. 
Right. You know, it's adding to the, the actual, it's not because I've made a mistake, it's because I just want a subtle colour, then I want to add in some tonal detail, some highlights or whatever, and then I can start working that in makes it. Sense. With the with the drafting film, I use my erasers a lot. Okay. So I use my, um, I use my Tombow mono okay. the little 2.3 millimeter right. um i use the faber castell perfection the pink one okay i've got right. a pink and a white the pink one and then the most amazing secret <laughs> it's not secret because i have secrets is the stadler mars razor oh right and right. that pencil with it and it's got an eraser on the end the uh-huh. eraser is rubbish sorry stadler but it's rubbish on the uh-huh. drafting film it doesn't really work but it blends. Ah, uh, And you okay. can't blend on drafting film. It's right. really hard to blend. Right. This oh, one, yeah, it is. Oh, it's fantastic. But it's that really thing good allows you to blend, huh? Yeah. It kind of just, you know, if you do it gently, it just sort of smudges over. That's, that's yeah. a really, really good one. And yeah. then I use my, um, my slice tool, my manual slice uh, pen cutter. So, what, I so use what that is that one? Um, I talked to Karen Hull a little bit about about yeah, the slice tool. Yeah, which yeah. So it's like? the same, similar one to the one that Karen uses. It's the uh, it's the manual pen cutter, and it's got a it's got a rounded ceramic blade, but the blade is also chisel shaped. Oh, okay. So I tend to use it on its back, on its okay. on its on the other side, and you've got yeah. a really big surface that you can then you can create really lovely texture from. But you're using um, that a lot that, on the drafting film? I do, yeah. Okay. Okay. I use that for, um, you know, a lot of the tech. Well, it depends. I'm saying I do a lot. The cat I've just done, I didn't use on there at all, apart from the whiskers. I tend to use, depending on the fur type, um, so I'm a very feely person. So when I'm talking about things, I talk about, I feel this, I feel yeah. that. When I, and I do a lot of visualization. Okay. So when I'm drawing an animal, I can feel what the fur feels like right and that then has to translate kind of from my brain through my hand into whatever tool i'm using so if i'm creating something that's really soft and fluffy right i'm less likely to use a knife than i would a soft eraser so the cat you're talking about the uh, milo i guess uh, is... oh milo i used a lot of the slice tool in is that on drafting film yeah that is amazing. <laughs> you guys have got to see this cat. It's not the reference. It's the drawing. Um, it looks like a reference. <laughs> this is so incredible. Well, I mean, I'm sure it looks the, better than the reference. The So the background, what, what did you do on yeah. the background? Oh, so that is so, honestly, that is so funny. I should share the video with you because it just all went terribly wrong. So the background. <laughs> it is beautiful. <laughs> the it. background is done with the Karen Dash Neo pastels. Okay. And I was recording it for a tutorial. Yeah. And um, so I'm there I'm, and I'd had a bit of a play and I was like, well, I'm going to have a play with this. So um, I'm like, yep, yeah, that works. That process works really well. So I, I'm there slapping on this um, neopastels and they look dreadful when they first go on. <laughs> and then you, you blend them with a paper stump. So the globbing, that kind of thing yeah. you're talking about, like yeah. So yeah. they're all they're very wet and gloopy yeah. and sticky. Yeah. So then I'm then I'm then I'm kind of you know um, blending them with a paper stump, and that should have yeah. been it. And then I'm I'm on this video going, oh, this isn't working very well. <laughs> and for some reason, I had a roll of toilet but toilet paper on my desk. And I was like, oh, I'm just <laughs> going to give this a go. So I just ripped a piece of the tissue off, wiped it all over. I was like, 
oh, that's amazing. That's worked so oh, well. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it was so honestly, it was so funny. So that's how I've done it. I've I've put I it on. I love those accidental it, discoveries. Like yeah, that. yeah, so cool. and then wiped it with the wiped it with the tissue, and oh. that worked brilliantly and you can run your hand over it you could there's no stickiness there's no oh. nothing comes off it and you can draw over the top of it and you can erase it oh it's, that's incredible it's amazing, so it's amazing. <laughs> so do you do you spray um that finished piece you don't you don't spray it on on no, drafting film do no. you so um I think you, I think you can do i you think can? you can okay. do um but i don't use any any fixatives on anything okay okay what um yeah most I mean a lot of artists that I've, I've spoken with that uh, use drafting film uh, talk about the the fact they don't uh, spray anything interesting I am so excited to share with you a new sponsor of the podcast for the month of April 2020 the name of this company is Fruit of the Bean fruitofthebean.com they're a coffee roaster it's a local company right here in the United States of America, and their coffee is not roasted until after you order it. So just go over to their website to check out all the coffee that they have to offer. And if you're like me, you know, I like to sit down at the drawing desk, get comfortable, maybe with some low lights, some soft music playing or a good audio book. And sitting right beside me, I like to have a fresh cup of coffee right there beside me. So they've got a French roast Kenyan coffee. They've got an organic Bally Blue coffee. They've got a breakfast blend, a Costa Rican coffee, several others you can check out on their coffee page. And right now they just announced that they're giving 20% discount to help out our fellow Americans during this time of quarantine. So I love that. One of their mottos is drink coffee, do good. And they actually follow this. They live this by helping orphans and those affected by human trafficking. Go check them out, fruitofthebean.com. So did you draw on the other side as well on this? Yeah. So so on okay. the Milo one, on the cat one, the, mm -hmm. the front side for the background is all the color. So it's sort of blues, reds, purples. Yeah. On the back, it's just black. Okay. And then when you flip it over, you get that depth and you get the depth yeah. of color and the darkness. Um, just black then, in those areas that, that he's black, that he has the dark? Oh, areas? no, just on Everyone? the background. Just on the background, on, on the cat, that's all itself. colored. Okay, pencil. yeah. Okay, gotcha. so on the cat, that's just all color pencil. And with the cat, with the with the darkest areas, I can't remember whether I went. I probably did. If there's any areas that are really, really dark, and I can't get enough layers on the yeah. front side of it, I'll then flip it over and go in on the back. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But only if I need maybe sort of like a wash of color, or yeah. I need something to have more depth. You okay, know, so you don't always do it, um, but it's don't something you can't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Wow, that that is just that's unreal. That is just so so beautiful. And then uh, Brandy, the horse. Brandy, was that that's drafting film. Drafting film. Yeah. What about the leopard? Leopard's drafting film. That was Duralar. Okay. That was fun to do. What about Meg? Meg is um, pastel map. Pastel map. Okay, I was yeah. about to say that. I think I could. I think I can kind of tell a little yeah. bit. It's hard to though. It's very hard to tell. So I'm going to guess on the squirrel that that's drafting film. Yeah, that's Duralar okay. as well. So I did that with the um, the background. I did with a hairdryer. Ah, interesting. <laughs> and I wish I'd known about neo pastels then. 
So that's colored pencil. That's colored pencil. That's all. Yeah, it's yeah. prismas, luminance, and oh, and then I discovered if you look at it on the right hand side, as you look at it, that's when I discovered Derwent drawings. Mm. And they're amazing on drafting film. Yeah, the Derwent drawing pencils. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I love the Derwent drawing pencils. Yeah. Those are those are some of my Gorgeous. favorites. Oh yeah. yeah, they're they're so nice. I, I'm guessing that those would be really good on drafting film because there's such a, a wide, uh, big thick lead that you don't yeah. uh, have to sharpen. And they're and they're really soft. Um, yeah, they are. And the black, extremely. the the Derwent drawings ivory black is fantastic. Oh right, right. Yeah, and in drafting film, that that would be something you would want. Uh, it's hard to. Unless you're using really, really rich, dark colors, it's hard to get uh, some darkness in there. Wow. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit looking at all of these because <laughs> I, I, I would stop talking to you. These are, oh, these are incredible. <laughs> uh, these are so incredible. I mean, you guys have got to um, uh, go to her website and just check out uh, all of this work. Oh, my goodness. This goes on forever. You've got you've got so many, and I'm guessing a lot of these may have been commissions with these horses. Yeah, yeah. lots of them That's are commissions. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that is nice. Thank you. It's nice that that they they allow you to uh, to share those as well. You know, with the uh, yeah. portrait people commissions, um, people are aren't always so keen on uh, you sharing a, a picture of their little girl. <laughs> Online. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's that is understandable, but then yeah, yeah, it's it tricky for the portrait artist because then yeah. you know how do you market your work? It's a, it's a yeah, difficult yeah, one, it's it? it's uh, yeah, that can be that can be a challenge. Very cool. So pretty much now, that's that's what you use is you you tried the uh, Stonehenge, but then you gravitated yeah. towards pastel mat and yeah. drafting film, and, and drafting you pretty film. are you're pretty exclusive. Yes. On those two now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, do you explore at all any other surfaces once in a while? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got, I mean, I've got pads of all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, I've been trying the Hanamula Nostalgia, which I quite like. I don't know that one. Um, it's it's nice. It's quite a nice paper, actually. Okay. It's, it's, it is quite similar to the um, to the Stonehenge in that it's got, it's got a tooth, but it's more of a, uh, a soft bump rather than a okay. rain. Um, and I, I guess, I don't know, I don't know whether other pen, color pencil artists are, are similar to me, but it's almost like we feel we have to, we have to move away from our favorite pa paper <laughs> and we have to try this one and, oh gosh, so-and-so's done it on this and we have to try right, that. And, right, right. Oh, and, I know, I know. you know, and I'm like, mm, I, I'm quite happy with what I'm using really. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, and I'm, and I've got so much more to learn about the two surfaces as well. So every piece I yeah. do is I'll learn something. You feel like you're exploring a new yeah. Yeah. Uh, area or a new technique on yeah, that same exactly. surface. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I, and I'm totally. more likely to explore a different medium as in using these the the uh, oil pastels or the right. or the wax crayon things. I'm more right. likely to be exploring those than changing the paper because uh, I'm I'm actually okay. really happy with the paper I'm using. Okay, so you're going to start like finishing out uh, the chest or the body, and then putting more backgrounds. We're going to see more of that maybe from you uh, yes. with these different, like the oil pastels in the right. background and that kind yeah. of thing. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay, very cool. That's exciting. Mm. Awesome. Anything else about your techniques that you think um, maybe a little bit different than um, you know what? 
maybe another artist is doing. Um, I was curious about that. You have like some favorite uh, colors that you gravitate towards. Yeah, I mean, well, so I, I, um, the color, the color is a big is a big thing for me, mm-hmm. and I think, um, you know. I don't think I'm unique in in how things work. But when I first started out, it would be like, oh, my God, how do I get these colors? And you almost try and choose the color that is on the is on the animal rather than trying to let. And then you get to a point where it's like, I can see all of these colors. I'm going to use all of these different pencils to create all of <laughs> right. these layers. And then you're using pencils. like yeah. exactly. And then you get to a point where you can still see all of those colours, but you're like, yeah, well I'm just gonna narrow it down a little bit because I know that just these two colours are gonna give me, you know, what what I'm after. I think you just really get to know um, you know, how to layer and how to get your colours. Do you think that's now better I, to I, do is to narrow that down? Like I uh, I don't palette. think there's any any rules i don't i think it's what you feel the most comfortable with but what was happening with me was yeah i was gravitating towards more of the warmer colors so more of the ready colors right so if you look at my work uh prior to the beginning of 2019 Uh you will see that all of my so my gray animals look great my black animals look blue and my chestnut animals look pink um, and I then invested in some uh, coaching, mentoring with Aaron Gad. I don't know whether you've hmm. come across Aaron no, Gad. I don't know who that he's is. A, he's an English colour pencil artist. Okay. And is, oh, my, oh, my goodness, his work is incredible. Oh. So I, um, I invested in some critique sessions with him. Okay. Um, and he basically said that I was totally missing a trick with my colours. so when i'm drawing a chestnut animal i'm going for all of the ready browns so i'm using my burnt sienna i'm using my sort of you know my my um caput mortems i'm using all of those lovely red colors i wasn't using anything like a brown ochre or a um a bista or you know anything like that because i really didn't like those colors they're Mm -hmm. not particularly attractive colors right they're not you know those sort of like greeny browny not very nice but actually what he was saying was if i mixed in those greeny browns with my neutrals and my Mm -hmm. more ready browns you are going to get a much more natural looking Mm -hmm. animal and it's Mm -hmm. going to look more realistic so uh, well january 2019 that's when i discovered the um uh the studios and that's when I started working with studios because they've got some really beautiful hues in their browns. And the colors of my animals have changed significantly. Nice. My black dogs were blue because, of course, everybody's saying, don't use black on a on a black dog. You need to be using blues. You need to be using purple. So all of my black dogs looked blue. And what he said was, yeah, you know, you do need to be using other colors, but your black dog is black. It right. is not. Blue. And it's not about just using black. It's about, right. you know, blue. layering your colors. Yeah. But so that when you look at it, it looks like a blue dog, a black dog, and the blue isn't at the forefront. So yeah. that's kind of where I've started to tweak things um, and look at colors very differently. That but makes still adding sense. in, still adding in those, you know, I might put like a bit of bright pink or bright yellow or something in there. Oh, but sure. it would be a very subtle glaze so that you couldn't yeah. really see it was there, but it would make a bit of a difference. Right. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, that that's... That's very cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I do see a progression in your work when I'm looking at the gallery. Um, that's really cool. Uh, I think you went from drawings to um, 
work that that looks just like photos. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, not that you were not creating amazing work, um, even back here in the earlier sections, you were. But I, but I'm looking at and I'm thinking about what you're talking about with regard to color, and I do see like this progression uh, in the the color. Uh, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Mm. Really I mean, the the biggest the biggest compliment somebody could give me is to say that my drawings look like the animal could walk off the page. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if you look at <laughs> and this is why I don't really do the split photo, you know, the photo drawing. I don't right. very often do that because my drawings don't very often look exactly the same as the photo. Uh, I make again because I'm lazy. You know, I draw a bit of fur. Oh, that'll do. <laughs> you know, happy with that. Um uh, for me, it's not about copying a photograph exactly. There's nothing right. wrong with copying a photo at right. all. But for me, it's more of about getting a look and a feel of the animal. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to get certain bits absolutely spot on, definitely. But I don't spend hours and hours and hours trying to replicate, um, you know, like right. a spaniel's ear, getting all of those curls in exactly the same place. I'm looking well, for something that looks feelable. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, there's something to be said of I'm capturing the essence and the personality and all that. There's something to be said about um, composition and uh, creating something where you're you're directing the the focal point of the viewer. You're directing them to uh, the you know the uh, character and that kind of thing. And some things have to be executed uh, very very well, but. Yeah. But there, there is something to be said about that. Where you're, you know, you're, you're not a photocopyist. Um, no, no. But and there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with taking a photograph and replicating right. it as a drawing. You know, well, we have to learn and, and I think that it takes kind of a, thing. Well, yeah, and it takes a huge amount of skill. Oh yeah. And I think yeah. the reason that I don't do that is because I am intrinsically lazy. <laughs> I keep I keep hearing this theme of laziness come up so often, and I love that because the thing is, I, I think a lot of times, as as artists and color pencil artists in particular, um, I think we maybe even pride ourselves sometimes on just being so uh, precise and taking, you know, oh, this one took me hundreds of hours to complete and that kind of thing. You don't have, I mean, it's fine if you do that, but you don't have yeah. to do that. And I think that's no. encouraging no. to hear no. that, you know, you're not, you're not the only one, um, I guess, you know, if you're listening today that you want to speed up the process a little bit. I mean, Bonnie does that. I do that. I try to, I, I'm not going to do something just for the sake of it taking a long time. I'm looking for ways of shortcutting the process without sacrificing the quality yeah. it sounds like that's what you're doing bonnie yeah you're just and that's, calling yeah <laughs> that's yeah yeah and it's something that i've done through throughout everything that i've done i always find the quickest way of doing something but the best way of the doing best. something so you're always going to get the quality in whatever you're doing right. but in the in the um in the in the best amount of time you know, yeah, so well and I'm and I guess I'm quite process driven as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so I do have a little bit of a process in doing things, and that's how I teach as well. You know, trying to break things down into yeah. um, you know manageable chunks, <laughs> which mm -hmm. sounds very mm -hmm. corporate, and you know, um, but trying to break things down can can be far easier than than sitting looking at something going, crikey, how on earth am I going to draw that? <laughs> 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be overwhelming, especially to a newer artist. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they're thinking about all this stuff and all the techniques and all of that. Yeah. Very, very cool. All right. So you, um, how are you doing? Do you, do we need a break or anything? No, no, okay? I'm fine. Yeah, fine? I'm all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, so you're still, so you're on uh, Patreon and you, uh, yep. you're working with your, um, your members over there and yep. you're also still doing commissions, mm -hmm. but just not as many from what I understand. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I've cut down, cut down on the commissions. Um, right. Not because I, I, I don't think I'll ever stop doing commissions because I, I really love doing them. Um, but I also want to do other things as well. So yeah. I've, I've kind of managed to sort of phase not phase out, but reduce the amount of commissions that I do each month. So going from sort of like eight or nine a month to sort of two or three. Okay. Okay. And what, what size, uh, do you have a preferred size that you normally work on or is there a general yeah. size? Oh, do you know, um, again, I'm just so, <laughs> I'm so lucky. So I've got, I've got a certain sizes on my website. My smallest is a 10 by 12 and my biggest is a 19 by 27. Okay. Um, and I tend to work, normally people go the, the size up from the 10 by 12. Um, can't remember what that is, but it's, you know, sort of, um, eh probably a 12 by 16 something like that okay right right you know which just gives me enough space to be able to create a just a really nice portrait i find yeah. if i go too small and that's why i've stopped doing the smaller sizes the smaller sizes can take me longer and cause me more challenges well, not a lot of margin right for error on the small well no sizes. no they, they really aren't so i i just sort of um i tend to go for sort of like that the larger uh, okay. the larger size really and then i can get it's easy to get the detail in yeah okay and and you're teaching uh workshops as well in person i workshops. am yes do you yeah. enjoy that yeah. so oh i love teaching workshops yeah i i re i get a i get a massive massive sense of um not achievement just joy yeah. pure joy in seeing yeah, there's people nothing like it Oh, just get just getting something, understanding something, and at the end of two days, going, oh my God, I've done this. I've done this. You yeah, know, yeah, I absolutely love that. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I never ask for, I never ask for credit or that. I mean, it's always nice to have credit, but you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not looking for people to be, you know, showering with me with thanks and all that type of stuff. Just seeing somebody, um achieving stuff putting stuff on their social media you know yeah doing well getting better you know starting a business right, maybe even right. starting to, to to create their own workshops right that, it, that is just fantastic if i can that just have a tiny the... teeny little part of that is just right. that's brilliant for me oh you hit on something big there that that is the ultimate satisfaction i feel like as as yeah. an artist is to help someone uh, to start taking commissions or start doing their own workshops or teaching yeah. online. Yeah. I, I love, I love that. Uh, just, I mean, I love teaching art, but I love that more than just probably anything else Yeah, uh, is because the level of satisfaction with that is just way, way up there. Otherwise oh, we're in our studio amazing. working with our head down by ourselves. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's, um, 
you know just getting to know people spending right. spending time with people and everybody's different you know so you yeah. walk into a workshop with say i don't know 20 people in it right. and and you're all working from the same subject you're all working from the same you know workbook yeah. you're all starting from exactly the same point right and at the end of those two days every single piece that somebody has drawn will be completely, completely different, different. Yeah. because they all their emotions are different their personalities right. are different stuff that's going on in the home right. is different everything is completely different yeah. um and you it's it's lovely for me because you get all sorts of different personalities so right. you can have a laugh with somebody you know somebody's yeah. a bit you know you know uh, you can have a bit of a laugh with them you can be a little bit more <laughs> serious with somebody else you know right, and it's right. and and being able to kind of temper how you come across to people how you deal with people how you how yeah. you help somebody be able to um understand what you're saying because right. you might say one thing and then all 20 people will take what you said in a completely different way right and then right. it's about going going around each one and changing how you describe something so that they understand it so they understand yeah do you know it's because everybody everybody understands things in a different way and they hold we have all these filters that we go through whenever we hear something and we think we've said it correctly or or clearly and um it's not always translated that way exactly i I really love i could tell you you have a real heart for for teaching and for helping oh i love helping people well that's kind of how my business has grown really and it wasn't intentional it wasn't intentional there was never an agenda yeah and i i guess how i've marketed myself how i've how i put myself across is is somebody and i share everything i mean it's just like everything just comes out (laughs) (laughs) i just share everything and then people are like what are you sharing that for i'm like but but it doesn't matter because i can share all of this yeah no it's gonna be me nobody's gonna exactly or anything they can you know they can if they want to copy what I'm doing, they can copy what I'm doing, but they will be them and I will be me and I will have my audience. The containers are different. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I, I wish, I I wish that we, we could get over that a little bit with, uh, with fellow artists. I mean, I, I feel like we're all collaborators, even if we are teachers. Um, I, I, there's enough to go around. I mean, there's enough, uh, different styles and techniques, even if, like you said, we're teaching the same thing. It one person is going to resonate with you uh, as opposed to a different teacher, and exactly. and that's that's good. Um, and when I was learning, and you may be the same way, I I learned from a, a whole plethora of teachers, yeah. and that, exactly. that's the best way to learn. I feel like yeah. it, it, you need to hear a lot mm-hmm. of different input uh, from different artists. I think it's a helpful thing. So I no, yeah absolutely. I love that. I I think we could get rid of. Just a lot of the, um, I don't know what to call it, but um, competition, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, and it's and, and it is difficult, isn't it? it? It is, it is something that people struggle with, and you can understand why people struggle with with you know. Well, it's like, like that in business because, a little bit, and so I think they carry over some of those impressions. Yeah, um, you know, and it's and it's also about how we feel. You know, we're we're yeah. doing something, and yeah, then all of a sudden somebody's comes in and they're doing the same thing and you and you know straight away it's like oh my god they're going to take this and they're going to take that <laughs> right. um you know but but being able to kind of um it's almost like self-coaching so I do a lot of self-coaching mm-hmm. and you know and and I think it's okay to have those feelings it's okay to have that well it's normal. I mean I will so yeah so I'll be going through Instagram and I'll see a picture that somebody's drawn and I'll be like 
oh my god that is the most fantastic thing i've ever seen and there'll right. be the green eyed monster crops right, up and right. it's like why can't i do that why isn't my work like that right now if i a lot of people are like i can't be jealous i'm not allowed to be jealous so they kind of just bat it behind them and they're just like no can't be jealous but if you don't acknowledge your feelings it kind of just keeps coming back and it can make you feel quite anxious and you know but if you acknowledge your feelings so i'll go that yeah. is amazing i love that absolutely incredible yeah think I'm of jealous. why it is that yeah. you're envious or why, jealous exactly why yeah. is it what what can i do to make my work better not to copy what they're doing but right. what can i do to make my work better and then you have a plan and then it's positive. So you've gone from having sort of like look, jealousy isn't well, it can be negative if you let it kind of, you know, fester. But, you right. know, you can have that you can have that sort of negative feeling. You can acknowledge it right. and then you can make a plan, you know, to make yourself. And I always think that if you surround yourself with amazingly brilliant people, mm -hmm. some of their amazing brilliance is going to rub off on you. And I just think that's the, the best thing to do is to, to surround yourself with fabulous people. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I love that. So good. Thanks for sharing that. That is that is awesome. <laughs> that's great advice. I mean, it really is. You're, you're never going to end up in a good place if uh, if you uh, don't really acknowledge that. Yeah, there, there are some negative feelings there. There is jealousy that uh, will uh creep in from time to time when we're looking at social media and that is a normal a normal feeling but if we can backward deconstruct what's going on with our thoughts and feelings then we can use that in a positive way absolutely definitely yeah, yeah very very good so uh what if, if so if i was um if i signed up as one of your um patrons on mm -hmm. patreon yeah what uh, I thought there. I thought I saw there was some kind of coaching offer in there as well, right? Are you helping yeah. other artists in there with uh, yes. starting commission-based businesses or? Well, uh, no. anything that anybody wants me to help Just them with, whatever. Um, okay, you know, whatever. So my top yeah. tier is um, it's limited. It's uh -huh. limited to just a small number of people, purely because. Um, it's an exclusive, you know, it is an exclusive tier, but also because well, you can't you know, be cloned, right? <laughs> well, exactly. You know, and you've got to kind of make sure that you've got enough time for the people right, who are right. who are paying for that tier. You don't right. want to be, you know, I don't want to be saying, right, I'm going to have loads of them and we'll just, you know, <laughs> reel the money. Well, in. Right. That's not how, you know, money's not a driver for me. That's not how, how I work. So it's just a, a small amount of people. Um, yeah. And basically they get, um, well, they become friends. Yeah. You know, right. so we end up chatting, uh, you know, most days. Um, well, I mean, that two happens. of them. That's just a normal progression, oh, I think, yeah, that, that yeah. happens. Well, two of two of them I actually invited me oh. over to America this last year. Oh, cool. And I spent. Are most of week. them in America or a mix of okay. UK and. Oh, there's a mix. There's, there's UK, America, South Africa, Canada, Australia. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. I mean, you're doing quite well over there. That is That is really, really cool. Yeah, awesome. yeah, it's then there's such well everybody they're all such lovely people. Yeah, um, you know, and then I'll I'll offer we either have, you know, one to one chats, right. whatever they want to talk about, uh, you know, or or work on, uh, critiques so they'll get a you know yeah. um, a personalized critique, um, you know, whatever it is that they need, um, I you know I can help I can help with, um, so it could be that 
many people struggle with social media and how do I get my following up? How do I get more commissions? That type of stuff. So we'll have coaching sessions around that. Right. Uh, sometimes it's around uh, techniques. Uh-huh. So if we've got Skype, it's quite good because I can share my screen and I can also also share my um, drawing board. So yeah. we can actually work together. So they can show me the techniques that they're using and I can kind of say, you know, almost guide them. It's better if you're in person, but over Skype, it works quite well. But you're doing some some actual uh, techniques coaching over Skype with a webcam, I guess. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, on the whole, it works okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You're right. I mean, there's nothing like being in person, though. It's just so much more clear uh, to be able to do that. It's it's difficult. Uh, to do some of that virtually, and I, I've tried to do that for for a few years now. Uh, it's hard to replicate uh, online, but and I don't know. It it can work, like you said, but it's you're always missing it's, just it, a little something. I mean, it depends on the the quality of the camera that someone's exactly. using, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So. But it's mostly it's to do with if you've got somebody sitting next to you with a pencil and they're drawing, right. you can you can you can change their positioning on the pencil. You can change their grip. Um, yep. You can actually see how hard they are, you know, pressing on the paper or how right. soft. And many right. people, you know, I'm I'm like right. We need to use feather light pressure. So they're on the paper and mm-hmm. they're you know they're drawing. And I'm like no lighter, 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 mm-hmm. lighter, mm-hmm. lighter. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and if you're sitting next to them, you can see that it's it's right. quite tricky when you're working online to be able Absolutely. really really yeah, see. Yeah, but it, it works okay. It works. Yeah, there's okay. nothing the like coaching, that though. Doing that in person, I mean, you right. you are able to just see what's going on. Um, yeah, and there's there there's um there's one lady in particular that I've I've been working with for a few years now and. That was one thing that I think was real smart of her. She had never drawn before at all. I mean, not uh, ever, even as a child. And uh, uh, and that was one of the things that she really um, – she started doing private lessons. And I thought, thought that was smart of her because I could actually see every little thing. But she was coachable too. She was yeah. somebody that wanted to change, you know. Exactly. Uh, wanted, to, wanted to learn. Reminds me of that old um, uh, psychology joke that – uh, psychologist joke, I guess it isn't real funny, but I, I like to tell it. Um, <laughs> how, how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? The answer is one, uh, but the light bulb has to really want to change, you know? Oh, <laughs> anyway. yeah. All right. One. <laughs> one, for, one for John there. <laughs> so what, um, what do you like to do? What, what hobbies do you have other than, than drawing? And, oh Lord. What, um, what do you like to do in your spare time? So spare time, time <laughs> I don't really have very much spare time. And yeah. that's a choice. It's definitely a choice because I really yeah. do love what I do. So I have yeah. two very big um, naughty dogs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like to, we, I walk them. So I live in, I live in the middle of the countryside. So, okay. um, you know, walking the dogs is, is something that I like to do. Yeah. I like to spend time with my family. So yeah. obviously my, my, my little family, my children. Um, and then, um, the majority of my family live within sort of 20 minutes away. So, oh. you know, seeing my family quite a lot is, is oh, important. That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, and um, what else do I like to do? I've started, uh, I've started to do a bit more photography, which I'm, oh, okay. I'm starting to get into. I've had a couple of, um, couple of lessons doing that, yeah. which I'd quite like. I want to get into that a little bit more. Um, mm. And any sort of, uh, 
I like to sit and watch um, a box set for an hour a day. <laughs> I give myself an hour. <laughs> what kind Sometimes of I get really engrossed and spend the whole day watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like, what do I like? Um, I like sort of medical dramas. Um, oh, okay. I like the UK dramas that are on at the moment. They can't quite like those. To listen Just to anything that. And, and oh, try to sneak a watch while you're drawing or, or anything like well, that. Well, I, I find it really difficult to watch anything when I'm drawing yeah. because I just just can't concentrate so yeah. yeah so if i'm not recording yeah. i tend to listen to audiobooks okay yeah. or i'll watch something a show that i've already watched so i'll have friends on or something like that you know so that it, yeah. i know what's happening audiobooks this sounds really really weird but all i listen to is harry potter oh is that right <laughs> just, just over and over and over again yeah i just um, because i don't i can just zoom in and and yeah. i can kind of all oh, right yeah that's Get where we are zone. now and then i exactly and it's familiarity <laughs> and that kind of thing. that's cool yeah. so what oh, about dear. do you listen to music or anything when you're drawing or i can i can listen to music um i tend to prefer to listen to people talking so uh, if I listen to the radio, yeah. I would listen to a talking radio rather ah, than a musical gotcha. radio. Um, but I do I do quite like sometimes, I, you know, I'll put some like country on or, you know, yeah. I don't know, 80s or 70s hits or something like but that. But you'd rather listen to a political show uh, and that calms you down. Someone talking about I, politics. Well, I, I'm, no, I'm kidding. Not. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably it be. would normally be um, like a play. I quite like yeah, a play, gotcha. you know, that sort of stuff. Somebody's, I, I don't know, I don't have to, I prefer to have something going on in the background rather than it being pure silence. Um, and that would be somebody talking. So, um, you know, it might be a podcast or right. it might be, you know, a, a radio that is more sort of like, you know, I quite like comedy shows as well. One of the, one of the podcasts I found recently that I, I'm just in love with is, called business wars i don't know if you've heard of that one by wandry it's a really it's a wandry is a podcast network um but business wars it's a really cool one what so I, another question then before we go um and thank you so much for all your time and oh, it's pleasure so generous with sharing so much what what would be the best advice you could give someone who is brand new to the medium of colored pencil oh gosh um brand new i would say find something that you're really passionate about to draw so subject um, matter subject matter yeah yeah you know and it don't and don't feel that you have to this is probably this is probably going to upset other people but don't feel that you have to <laughs> don't feel that you have to draw triangles and and pairs for for ages to get your right. to get your techniques in there you know if you love horses draw yeah. a horse draw if a you horse. love dogs draw a dog if you love right. people draw a, person. draw a person because if you're yeah. passionate about it you're probably going to know quite a bit about it right. and you will be able to probably you know if you're a horsey person you love horses and you'd love to draw a horse you will know whether the horse is right or not when you're drawing it on the page you you probably will have a sense whether the, the eyes in the right place or blah 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 and that will help you then to be able yeah. to you know really build on your techniques oh, you know good. rather than you know rather than drawing a triangle with shading which is a very very good exercise to do and i and you know i'm, I'm not dissing that at all but yeah. if you draw something you're really passionate about and you'd love to yeah. draw just jump in and do it 
But what about okay? No, I love that advice. That's that's so good. And thank you. Um, because I can see that where somebody is just constantly drawing a sphere or a triangle or something like that, and, and a gradation yeah. uh, scale, you know, a, a grading scale, and and it's like they're not going and doing the things that they love to draw. Yeah. What, what so? But what about? I mean, you know how to draw. You're you're very good at drawing. Um, and you can tell where alignment issues are are happening, right? I mean, yeah. what? But what about? Do you believe in um, in talent, or do you do you believe in skill, or a mix of both? Or I mean, what about the person that can't see that, and they they okay. they may think the eyes are aligned, but they're clearly not. Yeah. What, what do you say to that so person I, who has trouble I, with seeing? Yeah. That? You know how to draw. Really. So I. Yeah. So I have, I have a bit of a, well, I don't have any issues or anything like that. I don't, I don't particularly get mad with anybody, but <laughs> when I see these posts on, I don't, I'm, I'm very, I'm very yeah. sort of on a level. Um, oh, I could see that. When I see these, <laughs> when I see these posts in Facebook where people talk about, you know, there's these little memes that come up and it's like, it's not talent. It's because I put loads of hours in drawing. Oh, I'm like, right. I'm like, yes, you've put loads of hours in drawing. But sometimes somebody has a tiny spark that is talent yeah. and and there are people with huh. talent now i'm not I'm not saying that i've I've got it, but I look at some people and I'm like you you could put a million hours in and you would you would never come up with something like what they've got because they have got that tiny it's like my brother being an opera singer, you know you, you've got to have there's something got to be in you. Um, did he always you know, sing like even when he was a child? He was always yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so do, and I you, think do you, you just have this. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no I, I just think you know, as well as all of the hard work, because I think you can have talent and not put any hard work in, and you don't get anywhere. So I think having a bit of both is going to, you know, really give you the edge. But I also think that people who don't have, you know, the people who say, "God, I couldn't draw a stick man." Right. Well, I could. I could teach you to draw. And I could teach you to draw from a set of rules and some processes, and right. you would be able to draw something realistic and be really happy with it. Do you feel like now, it's that desire then that there there has to be that mix of desire? Yeah, I think so. I think the you ability have to, be to so, learn, right? Yeah, you've got to be really passionate about yeah. it. You know, you know, if you're not if you're not passionate about something and you don't want to put the hours in then you, you you know you're not going to get there and right. everybody everybody learns at a different pace so i learned right. very quickly i put a lot of hours in and i learned quickly yeah. other people might put a lot of hours in but learn at a different pace to me and that's okay because we're all kind of right. you know on our own little journey i suppose you know we're all learning at a different pace but people who say i cannot draw people who so there's i think for somebody who has got um maybe issues with perspective right that type of thing um you know you can see you can see that coming through and actually yeah. you can teach them certain um techniques that they mm -hmm. can use to be able to recognize that mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. and we i mean we've got so many different um resources that we can tap into now that right, we can help right. with that um you know one of them is is tracing right you know right. uh 
it, the more you and I'm not talking about sitting your, your tracing paper over a picture and tracing every single tiny line and putting yeah. all of the color in you know if you want to do that that's fine but that's not what I mean by tracing by tracing I mean you you trace out the the a rough outline yeah and then you remove your image and then off you go and and you kind of you know freehand from there on but if you the more you trace and the more you get to know what the correct Right. Um, perspective and everything is on something the more likely you are down the line when you start to do, you know to work on your freehand stuff the more likely you are to be able to recognize when your perspective is out or when something's slightly out and it, it can actually I feel it can actually improve your freehand work I don't think there's anything better than sketching from life mm, okay you know well, I, do, I totally agree with you on the on the tracing. I mean, it it I feel like it, it builds up a muscle memory, and yeah. you're you're training your mind how to see something correctly rather than seeing it with what you think you know. But but talk to me a little bit more about about this idea of drawing from life. Do you, do you, so? Do you do that? Do you have a like a sketching habit that you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I tend yeah. to I tend to do a lot of sketching when I'm on the phone. Okay. Are you, you know, sketching sort of right doodles now? And, I'm no, I'm, I'm teasing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sketching you, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I promise. <laughs> I, I um, want to modify no, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, shave. If I'm on the phone, <laughs> you know, or something like that, I, I find it quite. Um, I find it quite useful to be able to concentrate. And yeah. what I tend to do is, I'll, I've got all sorts of stuff on my desk. I've got like a little. Um, a little sloth ornament I've got another microphone I've got pens I've got like <laughs> other one I've got all sorts there you know I don't know jars of stuff yeah. um and I'll be, I'll be on my phone and I'll actually be sketching right. and I'll be drawing something that's on my desk which sounds uh, a bit weird yeah. yeah um you know but it might be I've got a calendar with dogs on I might just sketch from the photo of right you know, the, the calendar, or I might have one of the dogs next to me that I can see. I might just do a quick sketch of that. I mean, oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah. not particularly amazing, but what I just, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I honestly do feel the more you draw, the more of a certain subject you draw, the more you get to know it and the more likely you are. I mean, if somebody said to me, you know, right, draw a horse out of your head, just on that piece of paper, I would be able to draw a very credible looking, realistic horse. Right. I'd be able to color it all, and it would look, you know, it would look pretty yeah, okay. and I wouldn't be able to uh, because I don't draw horses. Well, uh, you know. but yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, no, I, I that makes total sense. I, I love that, you know, and and I I really think that, and I've thought about this quite a bit. That I think that what helped me quite a bit with perspective, in particular, even with portraits was uh that sketching habit drawing uh and it annoyed my family i mean annoyed my two girls and my wife for a while but i would i would take a little sketchbook with me just about everywhere like why'd you put that away you know but and i would draw the most you know uh just boring objects i, I would say but it 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 really did help me quite a bit because um, just with perspective more than yeah. anything, when yeah. I when I looked back, I didn't know that was going to improve that. But, yeah, I would say that's that's great advice. Definitely. I that. You know, even if you've got like a can of Pepsi or something on your desk. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just drawing that sort of, a you know, elliptical right. shape and then the little yep. bits, you know, and then it's like, oh, that doesn't look so bad. You right. Know. Not that you're going to share it anyway, but um, what about know, yeah. pencils? What do, can you pick a favorite pencil line? Oh, I mean, you talked about Derwent 
studio quite a bit. Yeah, so I love well it depends on what paper I'm using. So I right. I adore the luminance range, but I don't use luminance on pastel mat. I just don't like them on pastel mat, but really? I love them on no, I just oh. I don't I just don't like them on the pastel mat, but I love them on the drafting film. Yeah. Um okay. so my favorite in the luminance range would be the sepia 50%. I think that is such a good pencil. Mm. Um, the studio range would have to be the burnt yellow ochre. Um, that is a good I'm one. Sure about the polychromos, prob- probably a cap Morton violet, something like that. Um, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. I'm gonna have to pull out my Derwent uh, studio pencils. I have to admit, I don't really use those um, regularly. That's interesting. Yeah. Bonnie, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show and sharing so much. Absolute uh, pleasure. Thanks, thanks for um, allowing me to take up like three or four hours of your day. Right. <laughs> Just it's not it feels enough. like it sometimes I know it's, it's someone being interviewed, but I really appreciate it. You're a very patient person. Oh, no, you might call it lazy. You called yourself lazy, I think, like 20 times. Oh, this I really am. I'm very lazy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, nobody could be lazy and put out as much work as you do. And how, how many um, new drawings do you do you uh, share on your Patreon account? It's like, what, two oh, a month or oh, something? On One or Patreon, two a month? Yeah, so there's, there's two, two tutorials go out a month on Patreon. That is so cool. Yeah. We, because yeah. what I find often is um, someone will say, oh, I have a new drawing every week, that kind of thing. But what I've heard from uh, some of my students is that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but they'll say, well, they don't really have, you know, I'm following so-and-so or so-and-so, and they don't really have a new drawing every week. It's more like once a month or right. once every three months or four months. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you're pretty focused on helping your students, and I love, oh, yes. love that. I love that. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's why I yeah. kind of got into doing art full-time, and it sounds like that's the same heart yeah. that you have is that you yeah. love helping others. I really uh, do. And I like not, others' input as well. I like to collaborate with others, you know. So, yeah. I, um, you know, well, we're, we're all artists. We're all learning together. Yeah, yeah, really. exactly. Yeah. Very, very cool. All right. Well, guys, check out the show notes if you want to um, find the links to some of those images that we were talking about over there at Bonnie Snowden Fine Art dot co dot uk is that right i think it yeah is. that's right yeah all right and uh check her out on youtube as well uh, she's got uh, a lot of videos up there i think you'll get a lot of um, use out of i mean you're sharing techniques and she's actually sharing the process with a very zoomed in camera so you can actually see exactly uh her process so i, I love watching those videos very nice all right this is a weekly show And if you haven't given a rating or a review to the show, I would appreciate that. And I'll be back next Monday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.